0: chapter 20 of a man of honor by george carry eggleston this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter 20 cousin sarah ann takes robert's part cousin sarah ann talked a good deal ill-natured people sometimes said she talked a good deal of nonsense and possibly she did but she never talked without a purpose and she commonly managed to talk pretty successfully too so far as the accomplishment of her ends was concerned in the present case while i am wholly unprepared to say exactly why she wanted to talk i am convinced that this excellent lady's visit to shirley was undertaken solely for the purpose of securing an opportunity to talk arrived there she greeted her friends with her black bordered handkerchief over her eyes and for a time seemed hardly able to speak at all, so overpowering was her emotion. Then she said, "'I wouldn't think of visiting at such a time as this, of course, but Shirley seems so much like home, and I felt like I must have somebody to talk to who could sympathize with me. "'Dear Sudie was so good to me during—during it all.' after a time cousin sarah ann composed herself and controlled her emotion sufficiently to converse connectedly, without making painful pauses though her voice continued from first to last to be uncomfortably suggestive of recent weeping have you had any news of robert lately she asked i do hope he's doing well we've had no letters since sudie's came while she was at your house said Colonel Barksdale. He was doing very well then, I believe, though he thought there was no hope of recovering anything from the bank. I'm so sorry, said Cousin Sarah Ann, for I love Robert. He was so like an older brother to my poor boy. I feel just like a mother to him, and I can't bear to have anybody say anything against him. "'Nobody ever does say anything to his discredit, I suppose,' said Colonel Barksdale. "'He is really one of the finest young men I ever knew, and the very soul of honor, too. He comes honestly by that, however, for his father was just so before him.' "'That's just what I tell Cousin Edwin,' said Cousin Sarah Ann. "'I tell him dear Robert means to do right.' and will do it just as soon as ever he can poor fellow he has been so unfortunate somebody must have made cousin edwin suspicious of him else he wouldn't think so badly of poor robert why sarah ann what do you mean asked colonel barksdale surely edwin has no reason to think ill of robert no that he hasn't and that's what i tell him but he's been prejudiced and won't hear a word. He says nothing about it to anybody but me, but he really suspects Robert of meaning to cheat him and— "'Cheat him!' cried all in a breath. "'Why, how can that be?' "'Oh, it can't be, and so I tell Cousin Edwin. But he insists that Robert told him he would pay that $300 on or before the 15th, and I reckon the poor boy hasn't been able to do it, or he would. "'Why, Sarah Ann, you don't tell me that Robert has failed to pay Edwin that money,' said the Colonel. "'Why, I thought you knew that, or I wouldn't have told you about it.' "'No, he hasn't sent it yet. But he will, of course, if I can keep Cousin Edwin from writing him violent letters about it. "'Hasn't he written to explain the delay?' asked the Colonel. "'No, and that's what Cousin Edwin always reminds me of when I try to take Robert's part. He says if he meant to be honest, he would have written. I tell him I know how it is. I can fully understand Robert's silence. He has failed to get money when he expected it, I reckon, and has naturally hated to write till he could send the money.' poor boy i'm afraid he'll overwork himself and half starve himself too trying to get that money together when we could wait for it just as well as not there certainly can be no apology for his failure to write after promising payment on a definite day said colonel barksdale and i am both surprised and grieved that he should have acted in so unworthy a way with this the colonel arose and paced the room in evident anger robert's champion cousin sarah ann could not stand this surely you are not going to turn against poor robert without giving him a hearing are you cousin carter i thought you too just for that though i should never have mentioned the subject at all if i hadn't thought you all knew about it and would take robert's part like me i shall give him a hearing said the colonel but in the meantime i must say his conduct has been very singular very singular indeed oh he's only thoughtless said the excellent woman in her anxiety to shield dear robert no he is not thoughtless he never is thoughtless whatever else he may be if you wish to defend him sarah "'You must find some other excuse for his conduct.' "'Confound the fellow! "'I can't help loving him, "'but if he isn't what I took him for, I'll—' "'The colonel did not finish his threat. "'Perhaps he hardly knew how. "'Now, Cousin Carter, "'please don't you fly into a passion "'like Cousin Edwin does,' "'said Cousin Sarah Ann, pleadingly. "'But wait till you find out all the facts.' "'Write to Robert, and I'm sure he will explain it all. "'I wish I hadn't said a word about it.' "'You did perfectly right, perfectly,' said Colonel Barksdale. "'If Robert has failed in a point of honor, I ought to know it, "'because in that case I have a duty to do. "'A painful one, but a duty nevertheless. "'Oh, you men have no charity at all.' "'You're so hard on one another, and I'm so sorry I said anything about it. "'Good-bye, Cousin Mary. "'Good-bye, sooty dear. "'Come and see me, won't you? "'I miss you so much in my trouble. "'Come often. "'Come and stay some with me. "'Do. "'That's a dear.' "'And so Cousin Sarah Ann drove away.' rejoicing in the consciousness that she had vigorously defended the absent robert and perhaps rejoicing too in the conviction that that gentleman could not possibly explain his conduct to the satisfaction of colonel barksdale chapter twenty